everyone, and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. We got a brand new episode with you. You're not listening to a repeat. This is brand new, unless, of course, you're listening to it multiple times, in which case it is a repeat. Um, and I am Crofton Steers, one of the hosts of this show. With me, Ryan Murphy, other host. Ryan, how goes it? Happy to hold the title every other episode of Other Host. That just uh, just warms me up, gets me ready th- to go. You know what, Ryan? Right now, promoting you to co-host. Promoted. <gasps> oh, yeah. you put it. in the time. You put in the work, the energy. I really do think that you deserve it. Um, so, congrats. And the notes. I mean, if we ever have another co or another guest on here, they'll probably notice that the notes are fairly, fairly weighted in a certain Ryan column. Just, just throwing that out there. I'm. Prepared. Oh yes. He's a note taker. I am a note taker. Uh, you have it all up here, uh, right? I I just write words. I'm assuming because we're not doing video. I'm assuming when you said up here, you're pointing to your head. Um, so like, in Maybe. which case, <laughs> don't you have like a a floating computer? And I pointed to your yeah. ceiling computer, which is all the rage, otherwise known as a smart projector. You could be holding up a phone above your head and being like, "You have it all in here, right?" Expecting True. that I see it, you know. I At least you said a... up here and not any like <laughs> down that, there. Uh, yeah, down there. That would in, <laughs> yeah, that would be bad news. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just wanted before we got started, I just did, it's not a disclosure in so much it's like a state of fact. We are in what I have uh, colloquially. Uh, labeled the deep pan, the deep pandemic. Oh, um, I'm like what? We are, we are, uh, we are really into it now. And I know that we always open the show with this sort of um, uh, happy-go-lucky, look at how many people are sick thing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just wanted to to say that for me, like this past week in particular, has been. I'm starting to really, really feel it, and I think it's partly due to the fact that. I'm, you know, I'm obviously working from home. I'm fortunate and my job is secure, but I, I'm working from my basement. Now I'm podcasting pa- podcasting from that same place in my basement, spending a lot of time in my basement. Um, the, we're heading into like Canadian winter, starting to be a lot of, lot of rain. And uh, I'm getting a bit cabin feverish. Uh, kids are either have to be kept home for one random pandemic related reason or uh or or not and uh i take them in and stuff and i'm just like oh man i'm trying to think about things that i can do for myself to get out of the deep pan rut because uh i just uh i don't know what the you know best approach is like even getting out of the house and having time to myself it's like where do you go right now where we are all the restaurants are sort of like closed inside it's seasonally the patios are kind of done you just I don't I don't know where I would go. I shouldn't be hanging out with other people. Like my buddy Mike is into mountain biking. So he goes to in the woods and builds these mountain bike trails and goes down. And that's great for him. Doesn't necessarily work for me, but I need to come up with something like that. Uh, he Ryan, illegally I'm, builds mountain bike trails. Let's let's make sure we're reporting the facts here, right? Yeah. 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 He's he sometimes it's 
it's legal, but sometimes not so much. Um, <laughs> but mostly not. Uh, but but he he definitely at least has something that that is um, that he's able to do. And even even prior to that, uh, he had this. Uh, he worked. He has this sort of maple camp, sugar camp, where they chop wood and and uh, get ready for the for the boiling season. This when guy it, Paul when Bunyan. What <laughs> I know, I know it does sound like that, but, and normally I make fun of him, right? Rightly so. Uh, but now I'm starting to be like, geez, Mike's got to figure it out because I'm so sick of my basement. Anyway, that's my rant. I, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. I, I've um, been feeling sort of the same feelings in that. Um, I was having this conversation with Ashley. We've been in this pandemic for, six months uh i've been on parental leave uh for six months six seven months and if it feels like we've been doing the same thing over and over there was a bit of a there was a bit of a like a change of pace when um we were able to get the kids out of the house for a bit and then caden went to school but now we're back into that sort of routine and there isn't a lot of you know, breaking it up. And, and we've tried to find things to do that are that are COVID safe. And I know Peterborough isn't in the same venue as, you know, Ottawa and Toronto in terms of things being further shut down due to the numbers. But like, I can kind of I see where you're coming from in that I'm I'm not even in my office and oftentimes I'm like I don't really want to play computer games. I kind of want to sit on the couch and play games or I kind of just want to watch TV or I wish I could go out but what am I going to do? Like you know Ashley will go out sometimes but it's normally just to grab essential items that we need and it, like what uh, what can, what can you do, right? Like now it gets dark at like 6 o'clock, so there's even less you can do uh, in in the in the safety of light. I don't know uh, that uh, that couch point is a good one, Ryan. Like honestly, it, it is it is um, you know I've been playing that divinity campaign with the guys and and I do really much enjoy playing on the PC, but I've lost a lot of interest. It was my main gaming platform, and I'm just like I'm on this chair all day. Um, so so. I, I'm much more attracted to playing things on the TV. And so I'm going to look in at ways like I have so many games on the, on the computer, how I can access them better on the, on the TV. I, I from a previous episode, you may remember my rant about steam link and how there's no app on uh, the, the TV that I own. And I still haven't sorted that out, but like there's this, there's these double fine games called costume quest and costume quest two. I never really played them, but they're like kid, rpgs for halloween and um i thought wow that'd be a great thing to play with gwen and it turns out i own both of them i must have got them in like a bundle or something at one point but they're on my computer so i'm never going to play them and now i'm like well maybe i should buy them on twitch if they're on that isn't your computer next to your couch slash tv area no it's it's like kitty corner across them across the uh the basement so okay well this is gonna sound silly but Hear me out here. Run um, a cable. <laughs> you can buy very long HDMI cables and they work. That is one option. Another option is the Steam Link was basically being given away, the physical unit, by Steam or by Valve rather. You could probably find one for fairly cheap on Facebook Marketplace or even eBay. Um, I, I bought mine like when they first came out and I think I even got that one at half price and, and then they were like, doing a fire sale so if you and they work really well like honestly if you're able to 
um, even if you have it on Wi-Fi, it, it works in a pinch. For games like Costume Quest, it would work really well. Um, and I and I and I totally hear you there. Like I've got a bunch of experiences on PC. I'm heading into Extra Life territory where a lot of that is on PC. And I guess it's just something about the simplicity of booting up a console, having it play the game you know you want to play. There's still that like paralyzation of choice, which I s- suffer from greatly in that I've got, I don't have that go-to experience right now, but I have a bunch of experiences that I could certainly tap into. Um, but like with PC, I'm, you know, I'm running into issues of like storage space if I want to try something new. Uh, and And it's just, Again, it's it's not an issue that people are unfamiliar with. But when it comes to console, you, you know, oh, I'm just gonna you know bump into Animal Crossing for a little bit, then play some Smash, and then maybe jump over to something else. Like I know I'm terrible at focusing when it comes to games, but yeah, like you could run a long HDMI cable. I think I bought, I did exactly that. I had a I had my office desk, an old apartment. Um, in the, it was technically in the same room, but the TV area was, was off in the corner and the office was, you know, against the wall uh, across the room. And I just ran a cable along the wall. And I think it was like a 50 footer and noticed no difference. Like as long as the computer's in the same room and your wireless control, your wireless controller will be, will be fine. You know, it'll work. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I, I got to, um, I had to set up at one point and I probably need a better PC controller. The other thing is like, I'm so cheap on controllers cause I have so many controllers in my house and, uh, but yet like, but don't you have a PlayStation? Do you have a PlayStation four, right? Yeah. You can just Bluetooth that to your computer and you're all set. I probably should figure out how to do that someday. <laughs> um, you could play but, Hades uh, on your TV, huh? I'm playing. I am playing Hades on my TV. It's on my. Oh, that's Switch. right. You got it on your Switch. Well, then what are we talking about? You're fine. You're. All you know set what up. we should talk about, Ryan? <laughs> what? Hades. Oh, that game is sick. Sweet oh. jump of topic to the next. What do they call that? It's a, a segue. Oh. And uh, now, so just so we can formally announce it, we're now in the dungeon section. <laughs> I am going to start just because Ryan gave me this perfect segue. Yeah, and um, then we both it, ran over it and and reversed and then went yeah, over it again uh, multiple times. Yeah, so yeah. this this is about the a video game that I talked about ad nauseum last week please return to last week's episode and enjoy my uh thoughts on on hades i would just like to say that uh that game is still super awesome and um very very highly recommended i'm playing it on switch um I won't go into all the details of of what it was as I did last week. Uh, I will just say that where I'm at on it is interesting because I have finally beaten the the boss, if you will, the the uh, the last character that you defeat. But it is not the end of the game. Not to spoil anything, it's a roguelike. It goes over and over and over again. Um, and the narrative uh, is still going on and it's still very interesting and it still constantly amazes me how much stuff is in there. But um, while I beat the boss one time, you you still have to repeatedly like beat, beat the boss again to progress kind of the story at this point where I'm at. And uh, I, he, I beat him once and I don't want to say it was dumb luck, like you end up with the these character builds that are different and some of them work better and some of them don't, but I'm not regularly beat beating him. I've still only beaten him the one time last night when he beat me uh, in his second form, I was just like, 
oh, I'm starting to see like Neo in the Matrix. I'm starting to see the lines here. Like I'm like, I think I can start beating him more regularly. Um, and I'm optimistic about that. There is still some randomness to the way that he attacks. But really, I make it to the boss every single time at this point, And he kills me over and over and over. Um, but uh, but my, my thing now is I'm like 40 plus runs into the game. Each run is like probably an hour almost or less. I'm probably 40 hours of game time in this thing. And I'm not near the end of the story, but I'm starting to fade like a little bit. I say that as soon as I start talking about it, I'm like, oh, I should do a Hades run. It really places itself quite nicely in your in your life because it's 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 not so long enough to take over everything, but it's just uh, it's long enough to get you to, to to have a good time in that. So for me, I I I, I think I'm going to stick with it, but I'm starting to sort of wander and explore and look at other game options i haven't rolled credits i know there's a point in the game where you're gonna roll you can roll credits i haven't done that yet uh but my friend Bo is absolutely has been and is completely obsessed with it this is a hundred percent his type of game um and uh it's one where you can think uh, of different combinations and and pick apart all like individual frames where your character is invincible or like me not give a shit about any of that and just have a good time yeah. um so it's uh it's really a it's really a banger i love me some hades um it's just funny because I, I i really did love ghost of tushima which was the last big game i played before from this year uh it is clearly a beautiful game um and uh, it and likely I I will have ended up putting more time into Ghost of Tsushima than than Hades. Uh, he says, not knowing how much time he's still going to put in Hades. But I I will say like like Ghost was something I had done before. It was done very well and it's very entertaining. But I had done it before in other games, and I, a lot of what Hades has I've done in other games. But the way it comes together, it is such um. It, it, it is so well done and so so well polished that I think that people will point to it as like a touchstone of the genre for quite a long time and a very influential game. So like if we were talking about like games of the year or whatever, for me right now, um, obviously it, it's tough to compete with heavy hitters like Animal Crossing that, that kind of like occupy this other plane of like babysitting my kid and stuff. But in terms of Fun, pure, un uh, unadulterated fun, and um, and uh, just style, music, graphics, gameplay, all of that. Hades is like top tier for me this year. So again, love that game so much. Yeah. Oh no, it's really great. And I mean, you had mentioned that it's a game that allows folks like uh, Bo. And by the way, if you're un unaware of the person we're talking about you can check out uh core or good bad or bullshit but mostly core in the sense of from a gaming perspective and how i'm not caught up with core but i'm sure they are all just buzzing over hades uh but i will say this for folks like you and i where we don't to put it lightly give a shit about sort of the min maxing of things the game does do not care. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't care. But the and the game doesn't care that we don't care. But there, there's a system for everything in this game. It's not just, hey man, pick your weapon, pick pick a random weapon, pick this, you know, talk to this person. Everything is crafted in a way in that game to provide the narrative if you want it, and 
push you to try new things in the sense that you walk into the arena to pick your weapon. Sure, if you really like the spear, you can just keep on running through that open door and trying to get out and just being dragged back by whomever the final boss is. Uh, I haven't got that far, but I, I have a feeling <laughs> I know who the final boss is. Um, it, it gives you the, it shows you, hey, if you take the shield, you'll get 20% more uh, purple things, which are the things that you use to gosh what am i i'm i'm failing like what are the purple things they're like death cells or uh, darkness something? darkness yeah darkness. and you use those to upgrade your abilities and you get stronger over time from those correct yes absolutely they're your they're the upgrade currency for the mirror but like i've actually and like these are one of the upgrades you can do in the mirror is that you can make it so that those things also like heal you when you get them. Yeah. So, so for me, it's like now I see them in a different way than I did before. Like it used to be when I would make the choice to go for them then, cause you, you know, as you say, you've got these choices. Uh, what, one thing, and I know that we don't min max, but I did have a conversation with Bo cause I was getting so frustrated with not beating Hades. Um, oh, so, well, spoilers. He's the boss. That's I, what the game's I figured called. as much. Um, yeah. Like he but, he uh, just sits on his chair while you try to escape. Yeah. I figure eventually he's going to take the express elevator and stop you at the end. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, like I got so fed up, uh, of, of not winning and he, uh, uh, and and so Bo gave me like sort of a tutorial, and it's just so funny how dumb I am of certain things, like or just not not seeing certain things, like because he Bo in his mind has like a triaging of of the different icons and the different things. When he sees a door, if something's on it, he's for sure going to take it, or if something else is on it, that's going to be his last choice, or somewhere in between, right? And uh, the date Daedalus hammers, the Daedalus hammers or whatever, yeah. those are the number one things, I guess. And I never really clued into that. Uh, like it took me a long time. I was like, really? Those are the number one things? The and she, he's like, yes, those are the best things. And I was like, oh. And then when I knew that and when I re realized that and when I realized that those things transformed the way that I played the game by change adding functionality to your weapon i was like oh okay and uh, it really it really helped me so as much as i like to also shit on min maxing and all of that sort of stuff having some basic tips does help if you pay attention a little bit better than i did you'd probably make out a little bit better yeah there's a lot in there and it's easy to gloss over the stuff but i think the best part about that game is just it's presentation of systems that yes have been done in other games but it's just so polished and everything serves a purpose to just make your runs more fun and it really encapsulates that one more run feel and every run is 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 different it's not just a cliche to say every run is different every run is different i mean you get to the boss you're fighting the same bosses you know you're coming you're going to be fighting um the you know the whip lady uh mag or whatever her name is and every time you get do you the, do you ryan i don't see how how many runs have you done not enough evidently <laughs> yeah. what did yeah. she eventually just like give up <laughs> i i i don't i'm, I'm not okay. gonna comment so but it, let, let again, me just say that it keeps you on your toes this is another this is another great thing about this game i've put about 10 hours in i'm still struggling with the third area i got to the the dual boss, the the um, it feels like it's a an arena battle where you're fighting yep. like a big cow and and some Hercules wannabe. He's a minotaur, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a while since big I played. Cow. I didn't realize. I we mean, were... but like minotaurs are like Greek epic 
Yeah, whatever it doesn't matter it, it, it does matter but it doesn't at the same time um but yeah anyways i need to play more and it's been so long since I, so i played the game about a year ago when it was still in early access and this is a core reason of about why it's kind of cool to get that early access feel but never put never dive never cannonball into an early access game dip your toes in try it out support the devs and uh see where it goes but then once 1.0 launches you gotta go back because it is so different this is the crazy part about game development how like things iterate and change so much over over the development a year just makes a world of difference as they're implementing all these different features so i i need to get back into it and honestly i've I've been trying not to burn myself out on it because i bought an early access at a discounted price I kind of want to buy it again on Switch once the the cross save is up, so that I can jump between PC and and the TV when it, and and handheld for that matter. Whenever definitely I want. great game to have on Switch. Uh, it's the the fact that you know I don't go anywhere except my basement. But if I did go somewhere that was not my basement, the fact that I could bring it a, a, along. Uh, I I played one run portably one time, and I thought that like my hands were going to cramp and I was going to die. Like I thought that's what was going to happen. It didn't really though and i made it to the boss and he killed me which is what i do on the tv as well i will say where you're at with the minotaur and theseus that douche um you uh you're at what i consider like um i don't i i don't think it's unfair to call it a difficulty spike like that 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 boss battle is very very difficult and i died on it a lot of times um at one point after countless runs, you know, you can upgrade your base back home and you'll unlock this room that has records in them and it will tell you how you did on each run and you can go back over all your runs and see what killed you and stuff. And uh, and I, I was going through the records uh, and it takes a really good game to make me want to do bookkeeping in a video game. But uh, I'm going I'm going back through all the records and at one point it's just like killed by Theseus in the Minotaur, killed by Theseus in the Minotaur, killed by I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. And then at one point, generally when you get when you get it, uh, 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 and when your characters, you know, gotten better then you will get you will start getting by them every single time and i'm uh, even though i've beaten the boss of the game i am not at the point where i get by them every single time or more than one time <laughs> so uh so i'm hoping that that's coming for me uh, soon because then i'll i'll be able to put a, a wrap on it at, at one point it, it is now at the point where uh when i'm going through i still really enjoy it but my brain isn't immersed in it i am thinking about other things and and i i do like immersion in my video games so it may be time for me personally to find something else but it's a great game ryan what are you doing in the dungeons well uh we talk video games we talk tv we talk movies but occasionally we'll recommend podcasts that will uh that will scare you and i think the last podcast we recommend was that sim swapping one so you're welcome folks. Oh, yes yeah. uh, <laughs> uh that was reply all uh they also have fun but most most of the episodes are are, are gonna make you afraid of something um whether it be technologically advanced uh hackers or whatever but um i'm i started listening actually this morning to 13 days of halloween um i don't know if you're a fan of aaron Mankey and uh he does lore lore's his big show um have you have you heard of aaron yeah Mankey? no i'm actually unfamiliar okay so lore is this it's it's it was one of the f- uh the first super podcasts i like to call it everyone knew about it um except for you <laughs> 
Uh, it's like just below cereal, like cereal kind of permeated everything when it came to podcasting. I think lore was like, like the second tier super, like the Robins. If, uh, if, if cereal was a Batman podcast, I'm not doing a very good job of making people think this is a good, a good podcast. Cause Robin, I mean, he's, he's been shaky at best. Um, Let's just scratch multiple that. Robins too. I know, and like, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about Tim Drake, Dick Grayson. I don't even know. James Damian Wayne. Oh yeah. God, who's the Todd? Jason Todd. I don't know Jason which one Todd. it is. Uh, I'd probably say the Nightwing guy, the guy who gets the actual Dick decent, Grayson. Yeah, the decent upgrade from Robin to you know basically Batman. But you definitely. heard it here first, Laura. You can put this on your website page, <laughs> Laura. You are the Dick Grayson Robin of podcasts. Yeah, that's Ryan Murphy. You can attribute that. Yeah. Quote. Okay. I mean, anyways, uh, I it, that poor analogy just led down a bad hole. Anyways, Aaron Mankey, he's a guy who does. He produces a bunch of podcasts, uh, unobscured uh, cabinet of curiosities. It's all based around sort of like. Well, lore, it's all based around, you know, scary, creepy, true stories from centuries old, thousands of years old, all that stuff. And, and, he, and he has a very distinct podcast voice as well. If you ever listen to it, you'll you'll be like, oh, OK, I can see why why he's uh, he's in the biz. Um, some people think he has a weird voice. He has a, an odd cadence. Again, not selling this. He produces this podcast. He's, he does the intro, and then he's out. This is a narrative podcast. It's called 13 Days of Halloween. Uh, it's leading up to Halloween, so there are only four episodes right now, and it's a daily podcast. It's a scripted narrative podcast, and it's hosted, or at least uh, the main sort of uh, caretaker of the podcast is voiced by Keegan-Michael Key from... Um, comedy central's what's that what's that comedy group uh key and peel so he's he's the key of the peel if, if yeah you know who that is right you gotta know yes. who that guy is yes okay perfect so he plays the caretaker in this podcast series where you are the silent protagonist in this series and you are being introduced to this strange manner and he's he is a it, it's it's a it's supposed to be a halloween spooky podcast and he is basically introducing you to the patrons of this manor and each patron is telling you a different creepy story and it's it's audio engineered to the tens like there's sound effects and 3d effects so they they recommend you listen with headphones even better if you've got like airpods or sort of um you know 3d simulating headphones not required for the experience but you know certainly built to take advantage of that technology but it's a it's a it's a really cool experience and i think the best part about it when it comes to our lifestyles is that it's it's short and sweet they're 20 minute episodes they're bottle stories leading through a overarching narrative and there's one a day so you can easily get through it on like a break uh, at work or or listen to it while you're doing a um sort of a uh i don't want to call it a half brain task but like something you can do while you're listening to a podcast it it, it really fits in with something like that and I, I i've been enjoying it it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's different from what people normally think of podcasts like i think narrative sort of driven podcasts are certainly out there but they're not as i don't they're not as popular I, i'd recommend it in another one that like marvel series i really dig sort of like a really well produced audio narrative 
Yeah, you've you've made those. Uh, you've, it's true. Making the connection to Marvels, it's they definitely do seem to be your jam. This type of podcast that is that is scripted and stuff, which is so funny because it's such a different take on like like this type of podcast, a discussion show unscripted between folks. It's the opposite. It's the ones that take a tremendous amount of work to put together and produce and all of that. Um, I remember um, uh, my cousin reached out to me about podcasting a while ago and he was asking about, you know, the production work in podcasts. And, uh, you know, if you're exposed to those types of podcasts or you think of those types of podcasts, there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into them. But like for for shows like ours where we just stick mics in front of our faces, record and then put them up and it's just gold every time. Like that's different, right? Like they're different types. Uh, and, and some I like consuming regularly like this type of show i'll sign up to it i'm like oh there's a new episode of this it's almost low cal low calorie in that way locale whereas those scripted shows i feel like are more of an investment but when they pay off man they pay off big yeah i think i think for me the narrative shows being bite-sized because there's so much work that goes into them they it's a struggle to make them longer than a half hour so the fact that you can get a 20 minute experience daily. There's 13 episodes. It's a very finite experience that works really well for me because I can, I know there's a beginning, middle and end. I like Keegan, Michael key. So he plays really well as sort of the bookend to the episode. Like he'll intro the episode and he'll say, Oh, today we're going to go visit, you know, blah, blah, blah in the library and see if we can find some books. And, and I'm making it, obviously it sounds more entertaining than that, but then he'll leave you with a character. That character will tell you a story. One of the, an example of one of the stories is like the first one is this kid describing uh, going away for college and his coming home and his parents being uh, very cagey. Uh, and uh, I think there's some sort of vampire thing going on and, and his parent he thinks his parents are crazy, but it turns out like, oh, his parents had actually been taken over i'm not doing it justice from that standpoint you you got to listen to it it's very sort of you get in you get out it's a really creepy story and it, it's not um i wouldn't say it's cheesy either like that's that's the struggle with a lot of these narrative shows is that it's very easy to cross like to fall off that line into the cheesy bucket you know and i think they avoid that problem and that's just my personal opinion. I could be completely wrong. Someone could listen to this and be like, no, nah, no, nah, they're swimming in cheese with this. And I, to me, I think because you've got a, a, a you know, character actor that you know and love with Keegan-Michael Key, he kind of stabilizes the project and it's not just a bunch, it's not just a bunch of unknowns. So, uh, and, and I think the stories are really well done and, and the engineering that they do with the audio to kind of tell that story and mix it in with sort of flashbacks at the same time and sound effects and stuff. It's, uh, it's really good. And it's creepy too. So it's kind of, it fits. Like I wouldn't listen to it in like the middle of December. I'd probably start digesting it now, but, um, (laughs) it it fits for the season for sure. I I like how, uh, you know, key is the intro intro guy, but then there's also the lore guy who's the intro guy. And I get they're different. Like one is just like the intro at the show and the other guy is going around the hotel. 
But I will say it would really make me laugh if the whole show was a series of people introing other people. Like, you know, like he goes in, he interviews a guest and the guest is like, well, let me tell you about my brother, Fred. And then it goes to somebody else and it just keeps going. And then they're like, and thank you for visiting the hotel. So basically, yeah, the the core... The core structure of the show is Aaron Minky's the producer, so he says, like, hey, welcome to the show. And without further ado, let's start the show. And then, you're right, the caretaker comes on, who is who is a character in the story, and Keegan-Michael Key will say, like, hey, let's go visit so-and-so today, and he'll pass it off to that character. And because you're the silent protagonist, you're it is, yeah, it is someone introing someone introing someone, and then Keegan-Michael Key, the caretaker, will come back at the end. And he'll sort of like rescue you from like a, a bad conversation. It's like, oh, I was just checking my phone and I saw someone cornered you. So I'm coming back in and I'll save you from this creepy person. And uh, like, you're never, you never feel like you're in danger, but you're hearing these really creepy. And I guess the episode today was really gnarly too. So it's like, sometimes it's not just creepy. Sometimes it hits a little, a little close to home. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, but, so yeah. what is Batman's role on it? Uh no no there's no Batman um oh okay I wish well, I mean honestly you geez, probably I've been paying attention this whole time Ryan and you've been waiting wait- to answer that ask that question wait, wait no I've been waiting to figure out what Batman does but like I guess <laughs> no, no no I'm no. not serial uh, is, is the Batman me. of podcasts this is oh, the right. Dick Grayson of podcast Laura is the right. Dick Grayson of podcasts right that's right okay he got a prime sense. show I can't believe you don't know what Laura is he's he like. He was one of the first, it's, it's a super podcast. If you get a TV show from your podcast and Amazon Prime, if you're listening. Look, I believe it's a, I, I believe it's a super podcast, Ryan. I have listened to Serial, just like I read Batman comics, but I have never once bought a Robin comic. That said, this <laughs> no, could be the first. Not even a Nightwing no, comic? I don't know. What? No, this could be the first that I, I dip my toe into. So uh, You should I'll subscribe lo- and listen to it. And then let me know if I'm crazy. Even a simple text, which we will then put into the notes to remind everybody for you to talk about it next week and say how crazy I was. But I feel like for the season, it's totally worth checking out. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, now, Ryan, before we move into the diapers uh, section and talk about what we, we are doing with our little health spawns, uh what uh do you have any updates with regards to your extra life work that you would like to share i do i do and uh we are going strong i have now raised uh over 300 dollars, well on our way to our thousand dollar goal for the year um we are doing a special promotion for dungeons and diapers and if you liked what you heard with our kids show review twenty dollars you can suggest any kids show as long as it is somewhere in the ether to stream uh and i will watch it I will try to get Crofton to watch it, and we will review it. We'll play fun sound clips. You can donate at bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan. I did want to say that uh, right now we've locked in a couple of streams. So if you want to watch me play some games, and because it's Halloween, we've got some scary games lined up. You can go and follow twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA to get the notification when I go live. But this Friday, uh, you might have to catch the VOD depending on when this episode goes out, but uh, this Friday at 8 p.m., uh, October 23rd, I'm going to be playing Amnesia Rebirth, which is a scary game, brand new, uh, and that's part of a milestone I hit at the $250 level. And then Friday after that, the 30th, which is more likely that you you will be able to tune in, uh, I'll be doing co-op. I'll be doing a Little Hope co-op, which is the next um, entry in the Dark Pictures anthology 
and uh, I'll be playing co-op with Jocelyn as we work our way through that new adventure game, and that's going to be October 30th, starting at 8 p.m. And then finally, game day is on November 7th. All day, I'll be playing games for sick kids in Toronto, starting at 10 a.m., going until as late as I can go. We don't do 24 hours anymore, Crofton, because I'm old, and I think it physically takes weeks off my life. I think that's probably an accurate statement. Well, it's too bad they couldn't wait for Cyberpunk to do their extra life thing so that we could play Cyberpunk. True. You know, I always, it's funny, (laughs) um, you know, obviously we do it, we do extra life for, I do extra life for charity to raise funds for sick kids. Uh, 100% of the donations go to sick kids. But at the end of the day, it does give us a a good, a great excuse to carve out a large portion of time to play video games. Now, Ashley and I, we have this conversation every year and I say to her, look, we've stopped doing the 24 hours. However, um, only one day is going to be the, this is the day to stream and play video games all day. And yeah, sometimes it's tempting to be like, not going to stream. I'm just going to sit here and play some new single player game. Um, yeah. For 12 hours (laughs) because we don't do that anymore. No, no, for sure. That's it. And like, I mean, even if it was streaming that single player game, like some people would be for sure uh, into that. Inci- incidentally, just a quick aside, mm. piggybacking on the streaming. I have never watched really uh, many Twitch gameplay st- streams. It's sort of a generational gap thing for me. I rather I have precious little time and I, I, I rather spend it playing the video games or watching a show than watching someone else play. Um no judgment there i'm sure that uh, like i loved it when my brother used to watch me play video games when i was a kid and i'm I, I think there's a communal engagement there that is that is pretty cool um but uh, it's just not something that i personally have gotten into so for the first time ever i actually like with the uh, alexandria uh, um oh, oh god i'm going to butcher her name aoc uh, Cortez uh, stream um, in the States uh, yesterday playing the Among Us game or yesterday or the day before. I actually watched it and I, I just tuned it in thinking, oh, you know, whatever. I, I, I'd love to see AOC do this stuff um, and uh, and see her out of her element a little bit. But man, no, she, not only was she not out of her element, but I got really into it. And uh, she was paired with a bunch of, I guess, notable streamers. Uh, and uh, it was just, it was interesting. Like I ended up watching it for like a half hour, which is a long time for me. Um, and so, uh, so I totally appreciate it a lot, a lot more, especially in these sort of, you know, hellscape pandemic times. It's just fun watching people have fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good point. So, uh, we will be having fun and we will be, well, I mean, I don't know, scary games. We'll see how much fun it is. I'm, I'm hoping that with Amnesia Rebirth, it will be, since I'm starting fresh in the game, the first few hours, I'm cursing myself by saying this, but the first few hours can't be as scary as like mid game, right? I don't know. We'll see. I'll be streaming and, um, hopefully, uh, surviving (laughs) that experience, but I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun to do extra life and it's always fun to, to play games with folks. So I'm, um, can't wait. It's actually, yeah, I can't believe it's tomorrow. So I got to, I got to mentally prepare. Mentally prepare, Ryan. Will this episode be out first? I don't know. It depends. I'll, I'll do my darndest. Do your darndest. All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's go into the diapers, uh, diaper section here. Um, I went Halloween shopping. This is our last record before 
Halloween. And so I went with Gwen, uh, my oldest uh, daughter. She is uh, six years old. We went to the dollar store. She had an absolute blast buying uh, not just uh, Halloween sort of decorations, but also like little arts and craftsy stuff that you can you can do. Uh, kits for painting ghosts, all sorts of different stuff. It was really, really fun. Uh, we then went across to Party Mart, which uh, sells party-related stuff, including a wide assortment of Halloween costumes. And we got her a witch costume, which she has really wanted. Um, and it looks pretty awesome. And she was excited about that as well. So even though we've had the conversation with regards to trick-or-treating, we're in a high COVID zone and will not be trick-or-treating, um, she is still well in to the Halloween spirit, and we're looking at ways that we can kind of make it a little bit more fun this year. So yeah, it was a great time Halloween shopping, shopping with her. So you know, just because you're you've got your kids and and you may be in a situation like we are where where you can't do it, can't do the trick or treating, just you know, like don't. People keep saying like, oh, Halloween is canceled this year. Halloween isn't canceled. It's trick-or-treating that is being strongly discouraged, at least in my area. So like there's a lot to Halloween that you can do that is not that is not uh, getting canceled. And you should encourage and support that stuff. That's my two cents. Uh, although, Ryan, you might – I might talk to you and you might, you might say, no, we should shut Halloween down entirely, you Grinch of Halloween, you. <laughs> no, I would never – I would never say that. Here, here's the thing. Um, you and I, I'm guessing, and I know for a fact that, uh, Ashley and I, we're, we're doing a different Halloween in the sense that, um, Halloween means, means different things to, to a lot of people. So you'll come across folks who are, are very much interested in allowing their kids to trick or treat. Um, and there's a safe way to do that here, uh, where, where I am in the sense that we're not, we're not in a stage two. I think they are basically saying no trick or treating. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but are they doing trick or treating in your area? Like, are you not in a hot oh, spot no, they've shut her down? Yeah, exactly. No, no trick or treating. Like trick or treating, it's like it. It's one of those things where, like, like you know, everything with regards to COVID is so nebulous in the sense that the health experts have strongly discouraged it. The city is strongly discouraging it, but it's not illegal, you no. know. And it. For me, it's it's a matter of like I I'm not going to buy any candy, and if somebody comes knocking on my door, I'm going to mace them. But aside from that, like <laughs> it's it, it's it's business as usual. Yeah, and and I mean you're you're right. Yeah, trick or treating is not outlawed, and I think where 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 I'm at, uh, the kids we can go trick or treating. It'll the kids are still young, so it can be a it can be a reduced scale trick or treating. And we're going to give out candy. We're going to do like a little table out front that sort of blocks the sort of entryway. So there's a lot of space for the kids to kind of sort of queue, I suppose. And they can just grab one. And we're following all the guidelines in the sense of like packaging it, leaving it for three days, setting up a table. Don't have people come and touch your door. They just approach you sort of like you were at a... The only thing we could do more is set up some sort of plexiglass system and then like a... Like a... Like a... Uh, pool skimmer and just kind of like scoop the candy into their into their bag from a six foot distance like we're not going that far but we're gonna wear masks and stuff so gotta use all that equipment you still have left over from the pool huh? <laughs> damn it why did i say the p word uh <laughs> you're right we could we could use that equipment and um 
we should have kept some of the some of the steel. We could have made some barriers. Just uh, to be clear for new listeners oh who may be starting on this episode, Ryan had an in-ground pool and then in his <laughs> pandemic year decided to fill it with dirt. Anyway, yeah. keep going, Ryan. But now I have a beautiful yard that I can let my kids play in and not worry about them drowning. <laughs> you know, it's pretty yeah. great. Um, but it's we've true. had that conversation. We should really find the episode where we had that chat and just link to it every time you bring it up. Uh... <laughs> I, here's the thing with Halloween, uh, Ashley, this is an anecdote. Uh, I don't go out shopping. I don't do any shopping cause I forget things. I've, uh, I've already had my three strikes, but Ashley will go out and, um, she'll look for Halloween stuff. And I think one of the clerks had, a, it was a young guy. And he actually said like, you're actually still doing Halloween. Uh, Halloween is like, so canceled this year. And it, it was probably because, you know, we are a university town, as as Ottawa is as well, where you have a university and a college in a small population, where we're in a small population area, where I remember university, Halloween was an excuse to go to the bars, dress up, drink a bunch, and just walk around town and, and you know, have a, have a good time. So from that perspective, yeah, Halloween is ruined, right? But at the end of the day, the wholesome stuff that you can still do, like go trick-or-treating and watch scary movies and just, you know, genuinely enjoy the season, you can still do that. So Halloween isn't canceled. You just have to amend your plans. And But yeah, if your only plan was to go to the bars, get sauced and dance it up, you know, in a in a sexy version of whatever's hot this year, like what's the hot costume this year? Uh, sexy Donald Trump? I don't know. Is that... Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> what an oxymoronic statement. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go and say, like, it'll be stuff. It'll be stuff related to quarantine. Like, it'll be, like, in jokes about, like, somebody in a box or something being, like, I'm quarantined. Or it'll be stuff maybe Animal Crossing. Maybe. Maybe. That maybe. Like, you remember the nurse Joker outfit? That was a big one when, when I was in university. That was right around the time that movie came out. And there was a lot of nurse jokers but i i mean that's obviously a, a stereotype like people like to they like to go to the bars and i think that that's the only halloween thing i can think of that is gravely impacted like halloween parties really like that's the biggest thing that's getting quote-unquote canceled just due to yeah um, it's true the specific guidelines and again here's the thing folks if you're old enough to go to a halloween party this year you're old enough to go to a halloween party next year it it's gonna be fine <laughs> you know we can survive this year and you can even throw like a smaller party throw a zoom party i don't know probably yeah i not i just think i think that like you know people pandemic fatigue is obviously real i talked about it near the beginning and i think that we're we're at the point now uh, I'm, I'm, you know canadians we already went through thanksgiving we made that that, that sort of sacrifice now it's halloween think we were feeling like okay okay i think christmas is is going to be high stakes this year in the sense that i people are ha, have sacrificed a lot and i think are going to be uh gung-ho at christmas and i don't think there's going to be a lot that public health is going to be able to do to um stop it i think a lot of what public health have said in terms of uh, uh getting people to behave during both thanksgiving and and halloween around here have been you know we still have a shot at christmas and so if we if we lose that i think people are going to start to really like you're going to see some some behavior shifting and in the states thanksgiving is in november right so i think for them 
they they're just like my my expectation is is that Thanksgiving is a big deal for them in the states. Uh, my expectation is that they will be challenged by public health guidelines around that time. We will see what happens. Yeah, no, I I can see that as well. But I think with Halloween, from a parenting perspective a young parent perspective, maybe, you know, older, having older kids, like that's the struggle. They're a little older. They can't go trick or treating. Um, like, yeah. But I think for me, uh, you can, we can find a way to enjoy the season and, and maybe, um, continue to put a hold on, on things that just aren't as safe to do right now. But trick or treating, like you said, is not illegal, but it would be really, it would be like, Ottawa still isn't in this, and and even Toronto for that matter isn't in this. Like, uh, they have been moved back to stage two, but is it really such a, a a critical thing? Like, I wonder. Like, could there could there have been some thought to kind of do something for uh, for Halloween to kind of capture the idea of trick or treating without without all the risk that comes from encouraging people to visit as many houses as possible in one night? Like, I, I just wonder if there's something that could have been set up um, to still give kids, like if there's something in a community where it's like, hey, we're not doing trick-or-treating, but if you swing by this location on Halloween, because it's a Saturday, go anytime, you can swing by and, and grab a, a little baggie of treats and see some costumes. Like I, I think I, I think there's still room for creativity from, from a young kid's standpoint, you know? I have a solution. Hmm. So this is what you do. You make sure that all the kids have to wear the mask of the ghost face killer from Scream. Sure. And then on both hands, they have to wear a Freddy Krueger glove. Like so, so both their hands are covered with gloves with, with knives on them and they're wearing masks. Uh, so I think that would be good. It'd be Halloween spirit. They would all look the same. So that would be really creepy as well. You know, it's, anyway, I think, you know, Halloween solved. Thank you uh, for your support and uh, Croft in 2020. <laughs> um, the, uh, the other thing, just um, before we move on from, uh, from Halloween, uh, I, I, you know, not to, not to be a Debbie Downer of it. I think, I think that Halloween is one of those ones where and you talked about it a little bit in terms of the things that you can do to be innovative. But like, I think when you get right back to the trick or treating, which is kids love candy. Right. And so your innovative solutions should just include candy. If they can get it in other ways, they probably won't mind not knocking on doors uh, so much. Just give them candy. Just buy a bunch of candy. You know, you were going to buy a bunch of candy anyways. Like, I mean, if if they had... So here's the thing, and this is a struggle Ashley and I had when we were preparing for trick-or-treaters. Uh, what if it goes bad here, they move us to stage two? I, I don't think that's going to happen, you know, knock on wood, in the next week. But if it had happened, we would have had to prepare for 100 to 150 kids. We usually do little grab bags of, like, the the mini chocolates. We would have had like four or five of those giant jumbo boxes of little chocolates hanging around. I mean, I don't know about you on Easter, but we don't give the kids like a whole bag of candy. Like, I, they go wild when they get a hold of that candy. But you're right. Any sort of creative solution you come up with has to involve here's some candy next year. Like, my kids, they like to look at the decorations, they like to see the costumes. So we can kind of, we can still do that. Like we can walk around before Halloween night, look at the, we have already been doing it, trying to find new decorations in our neighborhood. 
And then when, when kids start coming to the door trick-or-treating, like Caden and Abigail can sit there with their chocolate or their candy or whatever, and they can uh, they can watch the, the Halloween goers come through the window. Like it's not, I think we're, uh, personally, we're going to be fine this year, but I feel for parents who have um, those kids that are, that that are really looking forward to it, you know, like my yeah. kids aren't quite at that age. I mean, maybe Gwen is for you. Like Gwen, does she Gwen is Gwen is, but she, again, she was like my. I preface my whole story with like she's enjoying everything with regards to decorating for Halloween and all this stuff. She knows she's going to get candy in some way. She knows it's going to be a bit different this year, and that we're going to figure it out. She's understanding of that, but she's really embracing all the fun stuff that there is in the season, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's been good so far. I'm not too. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too worried. You're right. Um, if you have like maybe even an eight year old or nine year old or something like that, maybe it'd be be a little bit tougher because every year like missing out on a whole year of trick-or-treating experience you know it, it does kind of blow like the, this is again another sacrifice that we're having to the, to 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 give up in the year of covid like i remember when i don't i don't care so much about proms but when proms were being affected by covid i was like you know that's your prom like that's your you're now you're you know you're moving on and you're missing it out missing out this year halloween comes back every year it's a bit different but every halloween has a possibility of being your best one ever so anyway kind of kind of sucks um speaking of things that kind of suck uh i've been um i've been playing mario sunshine on with gwen on the um on the old switch, uh, as we remember, I'm a sucker and paid for the Mario all-stars collection. We went through galaxy and, uh, really enjoyed it together. Uh, and, uh, we got to the hard stars at the, like we're into the really deep waters of galaxy and I couldn't, you know, I wasn't enjoying it very much anymore. Gwen wasn't enjoying it very much anymore. We gotten through the fun part. We were at the more challenging adult part. So I was like, hey, let's try this Mario game that I have never played before. So I have no nostalgia for it, no whatever. It's it's a game that was released on this, the GameCube. Graphically, uh, you know, it, it is, I don't want to say anywhere close to par to Mario Galaxy, but it is still nice, nicer graphics. It's not like uh, Mario 64 level. And uh, so we booted it up, and we've 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 been playing it. And one thing that's of interest is uh, is that it's by playing these games in reverse order, starting with Mario Odyssey, and then going to Galaxy, and then now going to this one, we recognize that um, that this is this is the first one that doesn't have a co-op component which they they added in um the, the other games and that Gwen has always loved. So, that has actually made her want to play as Mario. So this is the first game that like we're passing the controller back and forth. I get most of the stars and stuff, but she loves walking around the environments of the game and and such. So she's having a good it's the first game she's actually like playing Mario and is doing surprisingly well. Like I know she's six, so she's getting there and she's getting the hand-eye coordination and, and all of that. So it's it's a lot more it's fun. I'm uh, it's fun to see her engage with the content. She almost enjoys it more than the others because she's the one who's actually playing as Mario. Ryan, did you play Mario Sunshine on the GameCube when it was released? I did. I have very weird and but also fond memories of of that time because it was uh it was from what I remember, um it was a Mario game. 
it was the follow-up to Super Mario 64. And it from a from a graphics perspective, it was a huge jump. You know, you had very simple polygonal um, uh, Mario, and then you suddenly have, like, you're starting to look like uh, proper cartoony graphics. And um, I remember playing it when I was a kid and uh, playing it at my cousin's. But, yeah, a very frustrating experience. And, honestly, probably probably not a great one for uh to to try to hand over to the kids in the sense that the controls are not great like it's very cumbersome i think the water pack on the back really introduces a lot more mechanics that uh that work against your normal sort of mario experience like you can't long jump in that game man it's ludicrous um and it's really frustrating, especially when you go to the challenge levels, when you lose the flood pack. And that's where you're thinking like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to hand it to my kid to play a more simpler, you know, grounded Mario game. No, no, no those are the worst. We just did one tonight. Levels. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just wanted to punch the screen. I was like raging against the, sc- the screen. Like we oh god they're so hard they're like dark souls like you essentially <laughs> you essentially play but there's no campfire man there's no campfire no we, well it's like you die over and over and they give you like this free life often near the beginning if you find it or someone so that you have to do it over and over again and they, they count on you like pretty much memorizing everything and even when they take away the jet pack the water pack they don't replace it with anything. So you do, you they strip you unless I don't know how to do them, which I doubt. Of most of the moves of Mario Galaxy and Mario sixty four, uh, like you can't long jump, um, you can't uh, duck or do like a sitting backflip or like all of the things. That you, a lot of the things that you could do in in previous Mario games, you can't do. And maybe ostensibly the reason is, well, we needed those buttons for the water pack. Well, now there is no water pack, but you still can't do it. So it's, it, so it is, it is very frustrating. I, I just find like, so what I like about the game um, as playing it with fresh eyes now is I love Mario tropical levels. There's tropical levels in Galaxy. There's tropical levels in Odyssey. They're like my favorite. They feel so nice. This whole game is designed to be tropical. So you go to these areas, it's very nice. I love that. I love that the the story is a little bit different. It's a little bit wonky, you know, like uh, Mario's on this island vacationing. Peach doesn't get captured, at least right away, which is good for like, I'm playing with my daughter and she's starting to ask me questions why this girl gets caught all the time. Uh, and, it, you know, it's it, it doesn't look great. So I was like, oh, Peach doesn't get caught this time. But uh, yeah, spoiler, she gets caught. Um, so, uh, so there's a lot that i like about it and it's still a mario game and it still has that level of craftsmanship and design that is cool um and i'm i'm trying to forgive it due to dated datedness but it is it is um it is a tough play like the controls just don't feel as good as other mario games like he just does not feel as tight he slides he misses his jumps a lot i find myself angry at the game the level design is frustrating the second world is like this harbor nightmare that i played like you know before i could get to the first star i had to play multiple times um there's it starts you pretty difficult quite 
right away. Uh, I think if you don't have the lens of nostalgia supporting you when playing this game, it, it, it is not it is not a great game. I'm hoping to like it more as it go on because Gwen loves it, and for sure we're going to play it through. And, um, you know, there's still some great stuff in there. It's just I find myself for every moment of joy – finding an equal moment of frustration with the game. And so, uh, so yeah, it's just like, you know, having the package together, it's great. I wouldn't have bought it separately. I don't think, um, although I'm, I have been curious to try it. It's rare that there's a big game like this that, that I missed, but if, if Mario galaxy two could have been on instead of this, I would have been so much, uh, so much happier. I think, um, the other thing, and I had read about this in reviews, and it really didn't seem like a big deal to me at the time, but it is a big deal when playing. Is that in um, the way that Nintendo takes advantage of the system that a game is released on, especially for their Mario games, makes it that stuff like the Galaxy's got a ton of waggle, a weak, we motion stuff. And the Switch does a good job of accommodating for that because it has motion controls built in and you can, they, they made a button as well that does the main thing. So there's less waggling and, and it works out well. You still have to point at the screen a lot, but it works yeah. out pretty seamlessly. The GameCube had something that I didn't even really recognize at the time, which is the triggers had like, um, they're like mechanical like so that you uh yeah they were uh well they were pressure sensitive right you could you yes could pressure it. sensitive yeah. that's it thanks ryan yeah so so like so that for the water tank i guess that you could press it a little bit you'd spray a little bit of water you press it a, a lot you'd spray more water your water would go different distances well in this game, there it uses switch controllers. There is none of that. So they, they have two water buttons, one to sort of like blast forward at a set amount and one to blast where you can aim at a set amount. And honestly, like I have not played the first Mario Sunshine or the original release. And even I noticed that it's frustrating. I'm like, God, that spot on the ground. I, I can't get it. He keeps overshooting it. You know, I have to run back. Oh, now I ran into a bad guy. Oh, this game. So, um, yeah, it's it's not been a, a super pleasurable experience. But I mean, the Gwen, setting, Gwen laughs. Yes, of course. Yeah. And, and they love they love our pain. And I, I think that's why I stopped playing the challenge levels when Caden was around. Whenever one of those stars popped up, it was like, oh, daddy doesn't know how to do this one. So we're going to come back to it. And I have to play it to get past it when he's not around. And then we're able to move forward. But um, the setting of both Sunshine and Galaxy from a young kid's perspective is just it's top notch and the fact that sunshine takes place on this beautiful island vacation destination uh which is something maybe something some of us do i know prior prior to the pandemic you were looking to maybe go south for a, for a little bit um this is something our you know a, a vacation that our kids weren't able to to experience a lot of people weren't able to experience unless they were living in that climate um, this summer or this winter for that matter so it's kind of nice to i think the kids really latch on to like the space thing like oh it's space mario and now it's like vacation mario except it's not really a vacation for dad because it is that's so true that's but. so true ryan and and there's all these npcs there's a lot of npcs for a mario game like you're in a town you can talk to all these characters and they're they're all like hey give me fruit and put fruit in these baskets and my daughter loves that and it's really great for um a, you know for for her to get to explore and it, she's like i like the adventure daddy and i was like oh yeah it's it's good it's good 
in that way. Um, and it, you know, Mario, uh, it's also uh, of note that uh, Mario Galaxy is a different type of 3D Mario, uh, which I really recognize it playing it back to back with this one and playing a bit of Mario 64. Mario 64 and Sunshine are, and Odyssey for that matter, are the same type um, in the sense that you go into a world and you collect stars or moons or what have you. In this game, you go, uh, uh, in in Odyssey, uh, sorry, in Galaxy, you go to different galaxies and they're often smaller scale. Uh, they're often, it's more like a level by level thing, feels much more level by level, where this feels like you can potentially go around and explore a little bit more. It's not as open-ended as Mario Ga Mario 64, where they had multiple stars and you could often go and get a star before they intended you to get the star. This game, it feels very much like you leave the world you go back in, there's a new star and you can only get that star. And then once you get it, you leave the world, you come back in, there's a new star. So it's somewhere in between the Mario 64 and, um, and Mario Galaxy. So in a way, it takes a little step back from Mario 64. Anyway, all, all, all of that to say that uh, I'm just going to stick with it. Probably not the last I say about it, but first impressions are not super great it's not that not the the best mario that uh that it, you know and i i wonder like if when i play mario 64 a little more if it's going to frustrate me in the same way it's even older but i have the nostalgia factor for it so nostalgia is a big big part of it and uh yeah i i we have uh, we need to get the kids and i need to get back to it because we were playing we were kind of bouncing between sunshine and galaxy a lot and then we uh uh, just lately, actually, Caden and Abigail were asking to play Paper Mario again, so we've been playing, um, we've been playing the uh, the Wii U a little bit more. But um, our our my my current uh, normal right now is um, it's very frozen, uh, and I don't mean winter. I mean the movie franchise. Uh, I will say this: I understand why parents were so uh, after another frozen like when frozen came out immediately they were like okay we need a sequel as soon as possible so we're not having to watch the same frozen movie every evening um abigail has really latched on to frozen i don't know if this is like how old is she uh she's three so okay huh, I, like i was gonna say like i i don't know if that's if she's ahead of a uh, schedule there if she's on time like to me i and, and don't get me wrong, Caden loves the loves the series as well. I like it. Ashley likes it. It's great, but I'm not one to watch um, um, the same movie over and over again. Uh, we and we have a we have a, a sort of a, a movie night every Thursday. Uh, we've had to get to the point where we can't just pick movies. We actually have to alternate with the kids. So Caden picks one Thursday, Abby picks next Thursday. But it's gotten to the point where every Thursday rolls around, Abby needs like 15 minutes of frozen she needs that quick hit of frozen before she can watch anything else or else there's you know there's there's a problem right and i find like with this it's like it's harmless we'll watch 15 minutes while daddy's getting dinner ready and then we'll switch it over to the movie and it's usually no fuss caden enjoys it so it's in my mind harmless however we're trying to potty train abby uh we had a failed start in the summer where it was going well for a couple days and then we got to the point where it's summer so we're outside and uh, abby would literally walk around the corner shit her pants and then run up to us and be like ha 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 i pooped and then run away as if like 
she knows we don't want to change her because it's she's not wearing a diaper it's not fun to change a kid's diaper when they're or a kid's pants when they've they pooped herself and she is um she's lactose intolerant so we try our best to kind of keep away dairy products but sometimes sometimes they slip in and and you uh you face the wrath but um what we've done now with potty training is we I said I made the mistake of saying to Abby to try to like fast track this a little bit we've been doing like potty treats like here's we have a bag of welch's gummies and um you know they're they're like the healthiest gummy snack you can get you know if you go pee on the if you sit on the potty i think i just i just eat a bag they seem so good they are good yeah welch's uh welch's fruit snacks like you can get them in the little bags but we bought like a bigger bag and you know we give her we give her one if she sits for a minute we give her two if she goes pee, and we give her five if she goes poop, and it it works quite well. But here I am, you know, Mister Ideas, thinking, oh, we could probably fast track this, use Frozen, and say, hey, if you have a every day you don't have a mistake, we'll watch Frozen, uh, with dinner, as a special treat. So first couple days, or you know, the first day, like she had an accident, and I felt really bad because I was like, ah, oh, she was really bummed because she wanted to watch Frozen. I'm like, well, maybe tomorrow. And uh, but then she started like nailing it. She started, <laughs> she started having no accidents. You know, um, we're doing kindergarten with Caden, so I'd be downstairs with Caden. Ashley would be upstairs with Isabel, putting her down, and then I just hear in the middle of the house, the middle level of the house, I went poop and pee, and I'd run up and like, please don't poop on the couch, and sure enough, she's on the potty, so she's doing her, she really wants to watch Frozen, so we've had like a couple days in a row, we're having to swap in between Frozen and Frozen 2, and um, I would just like to point out that I have shown great restraint by not making a let it go joke here. Um, I already did on Twitter, so you can go ahead. Ah, damn. It was too low-hanging fruit. Get it? It's the first Um, thing. But but so so here's, here's the thing, Ryan. I'm not sure if you... First off, congrats to Abby, and we're we're starting with Claire on on some um, potty stuff, and so I know it's it's not an easy road necessarily. Um, that said, it will definitely be worthwhile. Uh, what it's great that you had another kid, or we would have to change the name of the show uh, because soon as Clara is done with diapers, um, you know, uh, we'll be almost done with the diapers part of the show. You know, we'll only have dungeons, but. I will. I will say that uh, that the frozen oeuvre, if you will, is larger j- than just the two movies. If it helps you at all, there's a couple of musical shorts, including uh, Olaf's Christmas one and the one where um, part of the Disney short films on on Netflix and probably now Disney Plus, where uh, I think it's Elsa is has is sick or something. And Anna is trying to take care of her or whatever. <laughs> so, like, bottom line is, it, there's a couple of like these 20 minute ones that uh, that you can find that are out there mm-hmm. to supplement the two movies if you need them. I, Just I, saying, I think we do. And and don't get me wrong, like, I think Frozen and Frozen Two are are two very great animated films. Like, there's oh, solid. I agree, they're I amazing. agree, especially the first one. Oh, I think in terms of sis- sisters and not having like like for me who has two go- girls, like I and I and I think about all this the pop culture they're consuming for 
you know, the magic, the wonder, the but also like the the good role models, the mm-hmm. complexity and all that of Frozen. I, I, I like it a lot. It's just I agree with you. I don't want to watch it a zillion times. Yeah, I, I think and, and here's the thing, like I, I have to I, I actually had to like start to you know weed into the conversation with Abby, like, hey, you know, you're doing really well. We'll definitely watch Frozen, something frozen tonight. Um, but you know, like if you we're probably capping this, what, Ashley, we talked about it like two weeks, one week, like you do a perfect week and, and then yay, you're potty trained. No more, no more frozen. Like there is that danger. I realize where I've set myself up here, where we are going to create this precedent where we are going to have to, obviously we're going to break it. Like, I don't want to be watching movies every time we eat dinner. Like I want to be able to have dinner. Um, but, uh, in terms of potty training, like it's really helped you know, with that reward system. And, and honestly, like, I don't feel especially great about, you know, if she's, if she's peeing and, 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 and pooping constantly, like she's getting all these treats, like sugar in my kids, it, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's like, uh, it's like, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, they just have their sweet and they walk away. Other times they have their sweet and they're just bouncing off the walls for hours. And it's, it is, it is a it is a jack in the box. You're not really sure uh, what's going to happen, but I think with with this system, like it's worked out quite well. Um, I did look up. There's like so today we had movie night, and I said to Abby, like you watching Frozen. It's Caden's turn to pick a movie. Let's for the love of God watch something different. Uh, we ended up watching like a Scooby Doo Halloween movie. And did you know? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought you were going to be like, so we ended up watching Paw Patrol. (laughs) No, no, no. It's got to be a movie. Like when the Paw Patrol movie comes out, that's fair game. I've already said that. But, um, you know, we watched uh, we watched some new Scooby-Doo Halloween special. And like it was weird. Like the Scooby-Doo universe is part of the Batman universe. And I swear I did not plan this like where all my stories are Batman related. But it's weird. Like Scarecrow was in it. And they just drop it nonchalantly, like, oh, you escaped from Gotham Markham Asylum. And I'm like, what? This is a thing now? <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I know. I, did. I thought I it was like, just, oh, it's like... just it's just some other scarecrow. But no, it's they it, like stri- I know it's all Warner Brothers and it's Warner Brothers animation, but I I didn't realize it was a connected universe. So I know okay. there is a Scooby Doo Batman special that we had watched, and it was it was interesting. But um, I just I yeah. listened on a podcast the other day about people talking about their kids getting into media, and I think I may have even mentioned this last week. The kids getting into their media from weird angles, like instead of you know seeing Star Wars, uh, the first Star Wars for the first time, that's how your kid gets exposed to Star Wars. They're in fact getting exposed to Star Wars by like Lego Star Wars in their class, or by you know like um, you know. Uh, a Star Wars animated television show that they see like they're not they're not coming through the front door they're coming through the side door sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh I do think it's funny that like you know Caden's first experience with Batman traumatic vigilante superhero um would be would be through Scooby Doo you know that's yeah. totally coming in his sideways being like he Driver? he loved it like honestly he likes the idea of superheroes but again like we've talked about this before a lot wish of they were dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the superheroes are it's it's pretty it's violent. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of punching and kicking. And you can explain it by saying like, oh, well, those those are good guys and those are bad guys. And and they're but at the end of the day, you're still having to kind of explain away 
um, that violence. And at that age, it, you know, I've seen it, like you've seen kids watch that kind of stuff. And then they just, they, they, you know, cartwheel into each other and start, you know, when windmilling their arms and it, it happens like it, it's just easier to avoid it until they're able to actually properly consume it. But, um, yeah, the Batman, it was, yeah, definitely like a, Batman? Yeah, Rero. Yeah, it was a good. Whoa, Ratman. Get your Joker. I don't know. Uh, I don't think the Joker was in that one, but it was good. Aquaman was in it. I think I explained it. Aquaman was a weird douche nozzle, so it was like, oh, this is top notch. Um, it, but yeah, anyways, Frozen. We've been watching a lot of Frozen. Um, I don't know what what people have at home in terms of tricks for potty training. For Caden, we just did the the treats, but I figure for Abby because she's so into Frozen, it was a it was a nice sort of bonus. Plus, it's been raining a lot, so it's been there's been more a little bit more TV time. And honestly, we've just kind of shifted TV time where we just we don't do TV time; we just do the movie. Um, but uh, Caden or Abby's been really excited, which is nice because it's a completely different from just a few months ago when we tried it, and it just it went horrible. She was like the Joker where she would literally on purpose poop her pants and then laugh in our face. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I Clara, one thing I'll give her is that she's really into trying it when she can. Like, she, yeah. And then she almost turns it into too much of a game. She's like, I pee again, I pee again. And then I'm, we're like, she's really proud and she, she'll take, you know, the potty has, you can take the bowl out and like walk around with it. And she's she'll run and try it. It'll be sloshing everywhere. She'll <laughs> shove it in her face, be like, look, oh. daddy, I pee. I'm like, give me this, please. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's. I think we'll get there in the next little while. We're not rushing it tremendously. She's still like, you know, she's two and a half. And, um, but, uh, but I think that it's going to come sooner rather than later. And my brother's daughter is a few months older and they're, they're big on the potty training as well. So listeners, if you have potty training tips from your children that you would suggest perhaps tying them, duct taping them, or, or maybe just giving them treats or what have you, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Um, with that, Ryan, I'm going to go into the business, I think, mm. unless you have anything to add. No. All right. Uh, so you can visit us on the web, tgistudios.com slash dad. Uh, you can email the show, uh, let Ryan and I know your potty training tricks. Tell us which is the best Robin, uh, dad at tgistudios.com, D-A-D at tgistudios.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, Ryan is at R Murphy. Um, I am at Crofton Steers. And we would really appreciate it if you also followed the show so you can know when the latest episode uh, drops. That's at D and D cast c-a-s-t i actually can't believe we got that uh d-n-d cast um uh, on twitter and so with that ryan pleasure as usual this is going to do it for this episode of dungeons and diapers i hope you and the listeners have a great week do you have any final words uh let it go i can't think let of it. a song from the second one to reference so oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, um what is it um uh, second one is um, Into the Unknown. Yeah, Let's yeah, go yeah. together into the unknown. There, I did it. It's over. Croft in 2020, and we, we are again. out. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, don't tell the kids, but I honestly prefer the cover by uh, Panic at the Disco. That's just my. 
don't tell the kids. I'm not going to tell the adults. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Panic uh, at the Disco is, is great, is it not? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's all right. I know you're, right. you're a little older than me, but... <laughs> age, age slam. Yeah. I'm like the Joe Biden to your Donald Trump. No, well, uh, yeah, I guess I'm like, what, 33 and you're 37 or so? Are you 33? Yeah, I am. Oh, God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> as you're saying, so, like, you're as old as that guy. It's like, oh, he's 41. It's like, yes. Man, I'm so wise. Are you 41? Um, no, I'm 40, but I will be 41. Thank you for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. 